episode 483 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's just now realizing that the show That's So Raven is not a docuseries about the life of Edgar Allan Poe. In this episode, we talk about Liza Shumska, the Google Pixel, and TV controversies. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So ignore the rapping and tap, tap, tapping on your chamber door, because it's time for another episode. Forevermore. every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about things that are new fun and noteworthy about our weeks first thing you'll notice the trifecta is back baby <laughs> <laughs> baby i don't like uh, uh, you back. Yeah. what happened i was just busy <laughs> oh. okay. it's, been more i think adventurous. what we just learned is it's uh those records have been sealed we will yes. never know what happened Lauren, tell us yeah, about your week, It's though. just not exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've just been busy, honestly, working on a bunch of projects. Uh, some uh, upcoming gallery shows, some that happened this last weekend. A bunch of stuff has been going on. Uh, so I will tell you about it. Uh, I caught up on Hocus Pocus 2. I was late, actually. Like, I hadn't even watched it yet when we would have recorded the, or the episode last week on Monday. So I was kind of glad that I didn't. Uh, like didn't have to like hold you guys back on being able to like give it a review pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, now I've watched it and I so disagree with you guys. Which, which, <laughs> which part though? Yeah. That, you said that you thought that this one was better than the original and I like just couldn't disagree more. You said like, that you thought it was better than the original, Patrick? I Yes, he did I say 100% that. I 100%. Missed, I missed that. In okay. terms of like pacing and clarity and and being for the the audience it's made for and but all that's those the things thing is like yeah think you think it's kind a of better mentioned, film yeah you mentioned that you think that the original one was like too scary or too whatever i think that's what makes that original one special is that it is too a little too scary a little too sexy a little too adult like it, it for whatever reason that's what it is and that, yeah <laughs> But, like, that's what I think made it, like, endure longer is because it is, like, a little weird and a little subversive and a little different than anything else that was made at the time. So I think that them, like, shaving down the edges on all that sucked. Like, them making the Sanderson sisters, like, way less scary and all that. Not nearly as fun, in my opinion. But I didn't need it to be. I think that the other version is, like, just the right amount of, like, sweet and sour where, like, it balances itself out, I think. But, like... It's tough I think because now, I'm like, just trying to because imagine Because I understand this. like what they wanted to do was this. I don't think that they like missed the mark of what they were trying to do in making a more palatable version. But to me, that's not what is fun about the original. So like, I didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine this from like a parent's perspective as well. And, uh, and in terms of... But like, there's just certain movies that you don't like. I don't know. You watch them when you're a slightly older kid. Like, like if this is meant for teenagers, you can have it be a little bit scary. Yeah, but like in terms of standards we have now, watching a child get the life sucked out of her and be left dead on screen would not happen now. And so that is incredibly surprising to see. And that's that's a change well, also, I'm okay like, with. But there's also like they wouldn't be like like you don't see a movie like this movie didn't have them being like they're virgins they're virgins the entire movie either like yeah, no, I, I, yes uh, what's funny is that we I watched this movie with a nine year old that never seen it before 
Um, Mackenzie and I were uh, watching this child for the weekend while the parents were away doing something else. And the oh, babysitting. You can just cut all of that down. <laughs> you can simplify this so much and it's less creepy about why you have a kid in your house if you just explain So anyway, Mackenzie and I were out looking for a kid and we found this one. Um, and we were going to suck the life out of him but we showed him Hocus yeah. Pocus instead. But, but the problem is in the first one, they do mention uh, the virgin stuff a couple times and the kid was literally a like, lot. what's a virgin? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, now, now I'm stuck. I'm supposed to answer this now? Um, so it's funny because they, again, they poke fun of that at that in the second one, but that really did happen to me watching the first one. Uh, I don't know. I, I stand by what I said. I, I think this is a better movie. I, I fully, like, understand the point, but, I, you know, I don't know. I think the first one would have been, I think the first one today, like, if, I, I'm imagining if Disney released some of those beats today, I don't think they well, would go just, over like, very it, well. <laughs> I, but like, aside from that, I think that they, like, like I'm just ignoring that kind of like cultural, like that sensitivity needing it. Like, like sure. uh, they didn't decide to do it in the first one. And I think that missing that sense of humor that they had from that is le- like a lot less. But fun the first me. one also does a bad. Uh, so here's the other thing that I, str- that, and I said this uh, in the episode that in the first mm-hmm. one, there's not really a moral to what happens because the whole thing is triggered by the kid that's new to town. Yeah, I, I agree that and, this one is more focused, I and guess. Like, but like he's a, he, the way he triggers it is he's a jerk. He has two people there that ask him. Yes. His little sister is pleading with him not to. He yeah, does it awesome. anyway. And then at the mm-hmm. end of it, there's never an apology. There's never a resolve. There's never an admittance of fault. Like nothing ever happens. So that was the other thing that like this one, they at least said okay, well, if we if we have a film, like, we should be taking it somewhere. And so that's another reason I think this one is a better film, even though I totally understand it's a more muted film. I just think that, like, this one, like, to be fair, like, it, it was better than I expected it to be, but still, I thought, not a very good movie. Yeah. So I kind of landed, I think, in around the same, like, ending score as you guys. Like, I would actually put it a little lower because I think this movie, like, entirely relies on callbacks like to a degree where I was like, some of these are fun callbacks that I think worked pretty well and did get a laugh and everything. But then stuff were like, they wanted, can, I'm just going to say like That's one fine. spoiler, I think like they wanted to include the singing to like replicate that. I put a spell on you moment and like they come back and they're singing. And that was so awful. I and I actually, I actually liked that song better than the one that they sing later. But the fact that they then later have a real singing dancing number I don't understand why they needed the wanted to force that other one into the front end and then not even finish the song. It was just really annoying to me in every level that they did that one. But then there's fun callbacks where I think like the girls need to get across town. They can't drive. So they take the trolley, which is like an homage to when they take the bus, like the witches take the bus, you know? So I like like there's fun things like that where I'm like, that's clever. I like that. But, you know, and like, Andrew, you talked about like the update with the the like Roombas instead of the vacuum. Like I thought that joke was actually funny the way that it paid off at the end where it like comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That actually worked yes. really well that in was, the end. That was really smart. But you, in order for that joke to really land fully. You needed you the reference of the, the, yeah. I think almost the whole movie relied on you having seen the first one completely because there's so many, even just the idea that the whole town reveres the movie and what happened in the movie, but they never like, you know, like that's baked into the storyline completely, you know, like sure. that kid, like, yeah, I'm going to get into spoilers if I say a lot yeah. more than that. No, no, like, no we're, we'll, it's fine. We're going to do, uh, how many days here in October? 
31? 31. 31 days of this movie. That's what we're going to do next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's good. I think like <laughs> the only other like more things away by the time Halloween hits, you should have already seen You don't want to watch the movie. I think if you wanted to watch it, you you might have by now. But anyway, uh, I think like the last like comment I'd like to like throw on is I, I did really enjoy that like prologue that they had of in like olden times with them. I thought that was really funny. And those like younger actresses were such good matches. I like they were really well cast i think and i kind of wish the whole movie had been that to be honest I like i think that could have been really fun i, I think that could have been because i would be like the witches when they're at the height of their power so like if you wanted to like make them fun this could have been the way to do that actually you know we we talked about this uh about doing a limited series i'm so on board with just the idea of limited series in general by the way uh um, oh yeah they're kicking ass but doing a limited series for your right uh all of the sanderson sisters uh during that like really integral part of their life um mm-hmm. or even for the the kind of new crew that we end up with i think for either one it would fit i, in I would format take really well. either but yeah i would i think a series would be more fun than another movie because like i don't want three more movies but i want a little maybe like a little more than well if we get another movie we're just gonna get all these same beats again i mean like unfortunately, exactly i don't and then and you can't do why is the rum gone for four more movies yeah like it just it doesn't work that and, way and like, like i understand <laughs> where people are stuck because there's this idea of like oh you know if if you go to the Opry, what song do you play? Well, you play the song that got you to the Opry. So, like, I, I get the idea of if you're going to re-release something and you're re-releasing something that's several decades later, you want to specifically cater to those that have nostalgia. But at the same time, you can't expect to build anything future off of that <laughs> because the demographic it's made for is literally not that demographic anymore. That demographic is a bunch of like uh it's a bunch of people like me now when it's supposed to be made for like 10-year-olds. So I think Yeah, that- or me who wants it to be more like the original, which in that case I'm like then age this up, make this a more adult movie. Yeah, why don't you like, just literally <laughs> let's like just just lean in like make a non PG film like, yeah. and let let's see how evil they can get. I don't know. Like I the, I would, the be, I would is, hella watch it. <laughs> this is a tough property anyway because it's gonna be split between literally a couple of decades and they didn't choose one over the other, which means that how good could it ever be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Hocus Pocus 2 is out on Disney Plus and like uh, I'm glad I didn't have to like pay a lot of money to see it in a theater, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of limited series that are really great, I've also been watching The Patient on Hulu. I don't know if you guys have heard of this show. Not um, yet, but I've seen the trailer I've watched for it. the first episode and I loved it and I don't know why I didn't keep watching it. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it. So it's like really gripping. So the, the premise of this show is uh, there's this guy, he is a serial killer, and he kidnaps his therapist to, like, live in his basement. Like, he's chained up in his basement, and he's trying to get his therapist to, like, treat him to, like, stop killing people. The therapist is played by Steve Carell, and the murderer is played by Domino Gleason, who I like both those actors a lot. And almost the entire show is just really the two of them. There are, like, a few characters and, like, flashbacks and stuff, and, like, it almost all takes place, like, in this dude's basement as well so like it, it's just like because it's more from the perspective of the therapist uh and it's just really really great it's on um episode seven right now as of like the time we're recording this uh there are gonna be 10 episodes in this series it is going to be like a limited series which i think is perfect like if this was going to be like a longer thing it would
wouldn't be it wouldn't work because you can't hold this tension long enough like long enough like something has to burst this bubble but man it is a really good show i also like watched some of it and then like couldn't go to sleep like it's very scary and very creepy like for sure is ashton kutcher also in that show no no what am i thinking of I think you're thinking of that. It's not a show. That's that movie that we saw with. Uh, no, with... no, no. I thought. Uh, is I thought. Oh, I'm gonna look it up. I'm, y'all, y'all keep talking. I got this. I'll look it up. Um, but yeah, show is great. So you've seen the first episode, Andrew? I've seen the first episode, and it was good. And I think when I when I first watched it, I think there were two episodes available. Oh, yeah. But um, but I was like, you know what? This is good. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to go to bed and then I'll, I'll pick it up tomorrow. And then I for, instantly forgot about it. So I don't know if that's a great thing or not, but I, I think like recollection, that. it is a very good show and it is very gripping. I, I didn't figure that it was scary. It's, it's intense and it's gripping. That's how yeah. I it's more like Fox, uh, Fox catcher. So to be mm-hmm. clear in the trailer, correct me if I'm wrong. At some mm-hmm. point, Steve Krell, like, opens his eye. Like, you realize he's, like, chained to the floor in, like, a basement, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I remember all of this. In mm-hmm. my mind, it was Ashton Kutcher, not Domino Gleason, And I was convinced no. No. it was... Yeah. Ash- I, I must... I literally must have seen the trailer for The Patient and then immediately and just, seen... Like, just misunderstood and, who it was and or not something. Even yeah. that, Patrick, it's, it's actually Donald Glover. <laughs> it's actually his father brendan please no i'm just kidding Uh, in my mind i was so sure that it was ashton kutcher but i actually donald cleese it's way better so i'm glad it's donald (laughs) i think it's also like an interesting thing because each episode is about 30 minutes which is kind of like the bear so like it goes by really quickly and like i think if you're gonna binge this it's gonna be pretty like pretty awesome because like you're just gonna be able to like roll through it's at least the bare minimum um, so, yeah. Shut up. If you yeah. stop laughing at it, he'll stop doing it. It was no, a good joke. I, I like that one. That's not true. Because, uh, because what I'll do now is just start doing this. I hate it. No, it's good. I like that one. That's what I'll do every time. I, um, no, the vibe that that I got from it, Lauren, is very much Foxcatcher vibes. I I don't know that show, so I can't say. No, it's a it's a movie with Steve Carell. Um, where he oh, okay. Played, where he plays a bit like the character uh, who, who Donald Gleason plays in the show. Oh, that's like, so funny. Because yeah, I was in the movie, but it's uh, it's got like that creepy, intense undertones. That's just you just feel uncomfortable. That's yes. the vibe that I get. I don't feel it as very scary, but I'm only one episode in, so maybe it definitely ramps up in the intensity uh, in later episodes. And like, uh, yeah, I think you, if you watch it, you might figure out why it was hard to go to sleep after certain episodes. But uh, man, it's pretty it's pretty good. I really have been enjoying it and like really looking forward to new episodes. And it, it's funny that you say that about like the fox catcher thing, because I was talking like to my brother about it, trying to like get him to watch it. And he's like, oh, but which of them is which? Like, <laughs> like who plays the murderer and who plays the therapist? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I could have seen it going either way if you just told me the actors, you know? Yeah. Uh, and part of the part of the mystique of it is that you kind of in the the trailer you're kind of left not knowing which is nice yeah the trailer is what made me watch it because i saw the trailer when we were catching up on only murders in the building and like we saw like a bunch of times while we were watching that i'm like well i really gotta watch this show this is a really good trailer (laughs) yeah um but yeah definitely recommend the patient on uh hulu and then i got the english patient that film from the mid-90s 
Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I got a new pin for my friend Anna. Um, it is this really cute B3 oh. emo from, wow. from Man, Andor. Man, fast. Yeah, this is uh, like Lantern Pins is who makes it. My friend Anna uh, is the one who gave it to me. She actually does her own podcast too called Beyond the Galaxy Podcast and they do really cool Star Wars stuff. Um, but she got me this. Shut up. Don't be rude. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, that's not the sound effect I was trying to play. <laughs> I hope not because I was like, she listens sometimes. That was I so rude. <laughs> rude. But it yeah, also it also wasn't the intention. I was meaning to Well, it's not clear now. until you said that. Anyway, this pin is super cute. They did get this out really, really fast. They had to have started production before the show came out because she also gave this to me like two weeks ago. So I've had it for a minute. Uh, but yeah, such a cute little guy. I love this. Lantern Pins does lots of cool Star yeah. Wars stuff if you like Star Wars pins. So I would recommend checking that out. Um, and then on the Halloween Circuit, basically, uh, down in your neck of the woods, guys, uh, this weekend I had some stuff in a Stranger Things art show that's, like, close to you guys. It's in San Antonio. It's at the uh, Blue Star Art Complex, which I yeah. am not – oh, nice. You know where it is and everything. Yeah, it's, uh, on the west, it's on the west side. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I met the guys who were running the Stranger Things show next – they were the booth next to me during Comic Palooza and invited me to be part of the show, and they did all kinds of cool stuff. Like, I'm sad that I couldn't go to it or anything. They had, like, a giant – like mirrored into the upside down that they made that looked incredible with all these like lights and stuff that you can take pictures with. Um, they had a giant mural of my Eddie Gorgon thing. It and happened, then it happened this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell us so we could go? Yeah, to I would it? have totally gone. I had no idea. What was I just was like really off my game last week. I was just like in another world, but it is coming back uh, November 4th. Uh, so we can go check it out then perhaps. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You come over and make a weekend of it. I would have yeah, loved that. Would be that. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. I've seen pictures of it and stuff from people that were there this weekend. It looks awesome. And if you want to go check it out, um, you can get a hold of uh, uh, Ijole SA uh, on Instagram. I'll have the link in the show notes. Um, and they do like private viewings if you just like call them ahead of time and schedule one. Um, but yeah, it sounds really cool. And I wish that I could go. But there is another Stranger Things art show, second separate one in Houston this weekend on Saturday that I will also be having my booth at. So doing all the Stranger Things. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you tossing it to? Um, Andrew, why don't you take it? All right. I don't really have much this week. I just want to tell you about a book that I uh, that I just finished um, this morning, actually. It's a book called, um, the title of the book is Hollywood Ending. And uh, I want to get the by, the, like the subtitle correct. Um, and I had it pulled up and I, I just, I clicked off it. Uh, Hollywood Ending, Harvey Weinstein and the Culture of Silence. And um, it is a... Uh, a really, really in-depth look at the story of Miramax, Harvey Weinstein, the Weinstein Company, and all of the goings-on that that happened and ultimately landed him in prison um, with, uh, with you know, the things that he did uh, with women and the, the power that he wielded and how he took advantage of things. And it is uh, a, a really interesting read, and I would encourage anyone, really, to read it, um, it, it it does get graphic uh, in in certain parts of it because it's recounting uh, recanting people recounting recounting not recanting recanting means you're taking it away yeah yeah it's different recounting people's testimonies and things um, uh, from the court hearings and all that stuff um, but it's 
a really interesting read because people these days think of Harvey Weinstein as just a monster, right? Like, and they just write it off as he write him off as a monster and all that. And this, this book doesn't shy away from the reality of the, the terrible things that he did, but what it did do, and I don't even know if this was what the intention was, but here's what it did for me. It, it positioned things in such a way that it humanized him. Um, not in a way that I felt bad. I, that I felt no, like there was no compassion being, but there was an empathy, an empathy of this is a guy who is probably clinically defined as a sociopath um, who didn't get the right kinds of treatment. Or if he was presented with the right kinds of treatment, he, no one, no one allowed, no one pushed him hard enough to get him out of his own way. Maybe that's the best way of saying it. So um, the idea that there was a whole, com- like a whole company of enablers and people who, the and that's what the whole, you know, the book, half of the book is about his story, but the other half of the book is really about this culture of silence. Um, and obviously this goes beyond just the Weinstein company and Miramax and Harvey Weinstein, but um, this was kind of one of the, you know, one of the, one of the cases, this with, in conjunction with the Louis C.K. and the, um, the uh, Bill Cosby case, like all these things as part of that, that Me Too movement, right? Um, it's a really interesting read uh, to, to go through that and, and just the amount of detail and, um, and depth that they go into. The author's name is Ken um, Alueta. Alueta? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but for me, it, it pushed me into this place of having to question my own actions, my own motives, my own, um, how people will have perceived me, because there is this real sense that, that Harvey Weinstein, there is a, a possible, a real possibility that he truly doesn't understand what he did to people. He truly doesn't understand his effect on people. Um, he clearly knows he did something wrong, but, but beyond that, he doesn't understand. There's this piece where he doesn't understand why it was wrong. And, and it's, for me, I, I'm, I had to read this and read myself into this as, okay, who have I interacted with in my life that I feel like, and I have broken relationships with people, right? Like I have, I have relationships that are strained or that are distant or whatever. And I, I had to think about it through a lens of, okay, what, it, what have I maybe missed about some of my actions? What have I maybe uh, just kind of, um, dismissed as being their problem and not my problem. Where have I shown, because I have tendencies of narcissism, I have tendencies uh, of lack of empathy. I have some of these things, right? I don't think I'm a clinical, uh, I don't think I'm a clinical uh, sociopath. <laughs> if you're aware of it is a good start, but I do, or like, you know. <laughs> I, do, I do recognize that in my worst moments, I am capable of some of these, uh, some of these feelings. So um, anyway, uh, it's really, really, interesting book. And, and I would, I would implore anyone, especially if, if you want to learn more about the Me Too movement, some of the things that went into it, some of the, uh, some of the real struggles and real stories that I think are told in a, an unbiased way. Now, obviously everything has some sort of bias, but I think it's a, um, I think it's a really good read to, to enlighten you, especially if you're a guy and you have had any issues with this whole Me Too movement or like, uh, any of these things where you've had to question or you've you've had to wonder where you fall and all that, this is great for just knowledge and and learning and opening yourself up to another side of the story. So 
Um, anyway, Hollywood ending, uh, the story about Max, uh, or about uh, Harvey Weinstein. I almost said Max Weinberg. That's the guy from <laughs> from the Bruce Springsteen band. <laughs> um, I think he's fine, by the way. I don't think anyone has me too him he's yet. He's not so mentioned I, in the book. He's not mentioned in the book explicitly. Okay. <laughs> um, you just but, often uh, confused. <laughs> if, if for no other reason, read this book because you get a like an in-depth history of film. There's like a 25-year like stretch of film knowledge and trivia that that I feel so much more uh like I wield so much more uh, information now because of this, because of Miramax um, and the Weinstein company and dimension films like dimension films is a split off of Miramax films because it's Bob Weinstein and he had his own thing. So like the scream films and all those scary movies, like all those things, it's a really interesting um, history lesson in, in film and people who make the film industry work. So Hollywood ending, Check it out. Um, that's where I'm going to say for now. I've got, uh, I've been continuing to play with my new uh, setup here and trying to to hone it in, and um, finally got some some pieces in that I've been waiting for. And so, hopefully next week this will be even nicer and shinier. Um, so it's been good. I have a question. Yeah. Have you guys watched the new season of Lego Masters? I'm. I've watched the first three episodes. I think. There's four yeah, now. That's all that's right. out that, or I thought there was only three. I think there's one more because okay. I watched it with Cooper, and then I didn't have him this past weekend. So I assume there's one that that doesn't exist, or that that is out there that I haven't seen yet. But um, okay, it's been a, it's been a good season. Seeing Chris Pratt on there was fun. Yeah, the, I like the dinosaur. That like whole episode was great. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. That was, that was a good fun one. Um, fun. Yeah. All right, Patrick, round the bases. Are you talking about Mario? Because if not then we should talk about it in between. <laughs> well, how, how about this? Um, so two things. One, uh, in terms of all of Andrew's gear, if anybody would find it interesting to do a deep dive on all the gear that we use streaming while we pick the gear that we pick, um, and I think Andrew's going to be a good case study of that in about a week, then let me know. We can always do a standalone episode uh, deep dive, and we can focus specifically on... Uh, podcast centric or streaming centric or or whatever so yes to the people who are watching this right now is there just by show of hands just throw up a hand emoji or something in the chat is it is it noticeably better now than it was three weeks ago yeah that's all i want to know you should ask that you should ask that question again in seven days because the answer is going to be heck yes yeah but i but i want to know even at this point because there's We've made some some strides, but there's still incrementally even more yeah. enhancements to come. So, um, but yeah, if anybody would find that interesting, uh, happy to do it. Um, you know, I was gonna forego my category because I'm gonna do a kind of a double dose master category uh, in terms of controversy. Sure. But we can very briefly say that uh, the trailer for the Mario film was released. Uh, the cast is insane. Like, separate the project separate everything else just read the cast list um uh anya taylor joy uh jack black keegan michael key um chris pratt like uh that just jack black yeah yeah just all the people awesome awesome group of people uh in the trailer itself uh separating the the (laughs) little bit of controversy from it uh 
cute. I don't know. I don't know that it was. I think nec- the animation was really cool. Yeah, like, I, I think it was very it was... impressive looking, you know. I, I would say that it it wasn't surprising in any way. Like, I think no. it's like super. I think it's very solid. I don't wouldn't say it did anything that made me go. It's very much like a teaser trailer. Like it doesn't yeah. set up anything you don't know. Like it's just showing the kind of style of the movie. I would say. Yeah. Uh, the vibe. Conflict. Like, but, but the conflict shown in the trailer was very cute. Uh, the controversy. I don't know how anybody would have missed this controversy, but the controversy is that uh, Mario is voiced by Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt had uh, teased in the past uh, that you know you're going to hear Mario's voice like you hadn't before, and and how much he had worked uh, on this voice. And then upon hearing it, it sounds a bit like Chris Pratt. Now, I, was, I will say it, people are overblowing it, it a little bit. It also sounds very New York accent versus Italian. It doesn't sound anything. It honestly doesn't sound anything <laughs> like Mario. Well, like, it doesn't Mario. Even, like, it could have been, like, at least Chris Pratt could work on a Mario impression. And, it, yeah, it would still sound different than Mario. But it's not even close. The, the Mario <laughs> that that we are accustomed to is the very, like, High, it's to me, Mario. Yeah, yeah, the high pitch. Yeah, higher it's, pitch. It's very embellished. Wahoo, it's it's yeah. super distinct. Like you hear Mario, you know, you know, you heard Mario. Um, and this is not that at all. Now, in fairness, if he had done that for two hours, uh, it's possible there would have been a huge amount of backlash for um, uh, just blatant racism. That's a possibility. Casting Chris Pratt and having him do that voice. Uh, I will say he is doing a voice. Uh, it's not just like some people accused him of basically just doing his voice and, and it's not I mean there, it is actually a voice uh, that he is he's putting on for the performance we also only heard him deliver two lines in the trailer so we haven't you know heard any long stretches of dialogue or or, or heard it in context uh, but I, I totally understand the controversy I, I will say it's uh, a bit maybe underwhelming that was probably the most surprising part of the trailer uh, but I don't know that I mean, it's, it- it's kind of what I expected like I don't like especially from a teaser like we weren't going to get anything that like totally blew our minds aside from the high quality of the animation I think was the most like impressive yeah. piece of it because they showed like a lot of those big shots of like the battle and then like the mushrooms everywhere and it does look really pretty like yeah. you know uh, but I mean, I, I think it's too early for for massive country. This is not a Sonic situation, everybody. That, that, no, no, it's no, that, no that teeth. Is the, that is the exact <laughs> thing I was going to say. I am very excited about this movie because it didn't show a ter- like this has this has all that it needs to actually be good. Like the animation was great, the styling was great. I even thought the voices were great. If you think about the fact that if if Chris Pratt were trying to make a voice, it would be him come like may as well just hire the guy that does right. Mario's voice. He's I don't alive. Think that would have been a bad idea. Um, <laughs> like what? I don't think that would have been a bad idea. No, to be but fair. what I'm saying is, if yeah. he was just trying to do the standard Mario voice, then just hire the guy that actually does it. So I'm fine with it being a slightly different voice. We also didn't get enough of a taste to really know. Right? He said he said like a handful of words. Um, Every this movie has everything going for it to do well. Unlike when we first saw the trailer for Sonic, that was so <laughs> anticipated. Everyone was so excited to see this Sonic trailer when it finally came out, and we were like, "What the hell did we just see? <laughs> what this is this not abomination?" Bad. No, and, and the Sonic movie is not nearly movie, that bad. No, I, if anything, Sonic I felt very neutral about what I saw. Ended up being very well done, and besides being well done, well received. So, like. 
I have all the faith that this movie can actually do something really well. And Jack Black killed it. And I, I don't know how they were able to make Bowser look like Bowser, but also 100% like Jack Black. So I don't get uh, it, but it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't think it's as problematic as what we saw with Sonic. I, and I, it's too early for controversy, everybody. Like, I, I think we're not there yet. Um, I, I will say, and I don't know that this is true, because this is, this is a, just blame this on my poor imagination. There is a bit of me that feels maybe that a more things. standard voice will lend itself to a wider range of believable emotion than just the kind of high-pitched, happy Mario yeah. that we're used to. Because ultimately, like, we're going to get more than, like, grunts and single words and sentences. Like, right. we're going to get... Yeah. We're gonna get like long form like uh, explanation or or prose or or we're gonna get really sad moments and really gripping moments yeah. and and so we see this in some of the character design as well. Like there was some talk around the eyes, how the eye shape is yeah, slightly different. But again, different. this could be because this eye shape gives us more room to work with more emotion than maybe the standard Mario eye shape. So I would also consider that, that there could be valid, uh, <laughs> validity. That's not a word. Uh, there could be validity uh, to that uh, line of logic as well. But let's just wait and see. We'll wait I and see honestly, and we'll know. Yeah, like it's not so bad that it like completely made me disinterested in the movie or anything. So I think like, yeah, let's just see yeah. what else is going on. I mean, I'm also someone who likes that old, like, real live action Mar Mario. Excuse me, that like live action Mario Bob Brothers Hopkins. movie. <laughs> yes, that movie is. We all like, like Bob ridiculous. Hoskins. We don't. It is not necessarily like a good Bob adaptation Hoskins. of Mario, but it is such a fun movie. <laughs> can, I, can I can I tell you a fun little fact that I learned about this movie? It was just a few weeks ago. Bob Hoskins did not know when he when he filmed this movie when he first started filming this movie. They told him on set or some at some point during the development of the movie that this was based off of a video game. He didn't know who Super Mario was. That's going into into that movie. So well, the movie has very little to actually do with Mario. To be fair, like, I know. Very, no. <laughs> anyway, I'm actually very excited about the Mario. I'm I'm very you know um, I'm highly invested in this and. I see way, way more green flags than I see red flags with this trailer. So I am positive moving into this. Maybe I'm just at a, a more, um, maybe I just have shifted my attitude about life in general, but I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm here for it. Um, I can't wait to draw all of these characters um, because they they look like the Mario characters, but they're stylized just a little bit. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what's going to give them the flexibility to make it their own, make it its own thing. And, uh, who knows what so else? Different we, action figures. What else? No, yeah, and maybe we get this same stylization in the next um, Mario game, and who knows? Maybe we get an open world Mario game that oh, um, looks like this and feels like this. That would be well, be Bowser's fun. Kingdom or Fury was close to an open world Mario game. Kind of. I said close to uh, close yeah, to it's on, it's as on, much as Mario gets really it's because still like on there rail, was though. yeah yeah and Mario then you like, jump into portals basically and like. Sorry, yeah, we're going on. It's, a trail, it's totally. Cool. I I wasn't even gonna do one. I was gonna skip. I was well, like, maybe let's this save is just time. mine still. Maybe this is just still mine. Let's save time. <laughs> yeah, and this is saving zero time. The yeah, last thing I want to say, Cappy's not natural. He's padded, and that's what stands out to me about the, the trailer. And that's what people aren't talking about. Y'all are stuck on the voice instead of the fact that Cappy is not all natural. And that's it. Is it Cappy and not his actual hat? 
I mean, they're like well, he's just calling his hat captain. Okay, okay. Sorry, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know which Mario game oh, they're basing this I on. I think this isn't this the hat that Bob Hoskins wears in the, but it's just red in the the nineties movie. Yeah, I don't basically. care anymore. I'm yes. done. Uh, we will head out of this uh, area of the show and head to a different area of the show, and that area is called our master categories. <laughs> Every week we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Those give us our categories. We then pick our topics based on those categories. And I explain this every week and it's super simple and I never mess up. Uh, And so this week I'm going to jump in uh, just by, by just real quickly talking about my topic. So I got front page and um, I want to talk about something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. And that is the Google pixel. Um, It's not near and dear to my heart. I actually don't, care at all about this okay. but uh it gives me an opportunity it, now to, i want to talk about it. it but it gives me it gives me an opportunity to talk about something else so uh the google pixel just dropped or it is dropping either today or yesterday or something like that like it's it's very much uh google's latest thing that they're 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 pitching and they're telling all about the technology about this this new phone and the camera and all these things right and again I don't care enough to actually go and read about all the technology that is going into the hardware of this because the conversation that I want to have is about the conversation they're not having. And so at uh, Lytro, uh, my, uh, the CEO of Lytro um, posted this thing the other day about how Google has a marketing problem. And the problem isn't that they are saying, um, the wrong things. It's just that they're not saying the right things. And that's the, the pixel is what they're pitching and they're selling and they're talking about this, this new camera and this new whatever. Um, but that the hardware is not what sets Google apart from other things like a phone. Like, you know, if you have your iPhone and you have your whatever, um, most of that technology is, is pretty much the same. Like the technology is, uh, you know, just variations of the same kinds of things. But what Google has going for it is its AI. And its AI is is very much, and the, the operating system that's that's powered by that AI is so powerful and is so much integrated into everything that you do in your day-to-day life. But that's not what they're pitching as their main thing, but that should be Google's main conversation. And so it leads me to- know that, yeah. Leads me to this question for you guys. Do you agree that that's a maybe a bit of a misstep or a miss in general from Google and their? Well, first of all, do you agree with that premise? And two, do you think that they should um, be shifting their attention away from uh, the new Pixel and that they should stop talking about things as a Pixel? And the reason, and one of one of Brett's um, points with that was you're talking about a literal square, you know, a pixel is a very antiquated technological uh, term, right? That's not cutting edge terminology at all. It's like kind of a core uh, technology term. Um, Mm -hmm. Should they rebrand the thing completely and focus it on the AI rather than the actual physical hardware? So those are my two kind of premises and my two questions i don't want to speak specifically to the ai portion of it but i think it is very clear to uh to see that when apple comes up and talks about their latest phone they don't just talk about the phone they talk about 
why their recycling initiatives and why uh, the way the phone affects the environment and what they do with it, how they're producing it, why they're ahead of everybody else. They talk about uh, security, how they don't allow uh, you know Facebook pixels to work, and they don't they now don't allow email trackers to work, and they talk about that aspect of it. And in th- they're pitching all of these other ideas that you might get hung up on because someone that's buying a phone, uh, to your point, is not necessarily buying the phone because it's the best in class camera and depending on your preference because at a certain point there is some preferential pieces to this like the best quality doesn't make the best it's it's the way some of the image processing handles it and what they choose to spit out on the other side Uh, google and apple seem to be like incredibly comparable on that side so people aren't just buying because it's the best camera they're not they're not buying because of like call success rate or or a text message availability or something like that they're buying because of this larger ecosystem and because of these uh like uh business ideas and tenants and and certainly how they're perceived uh by peers and other people in the world and so yeah the idea of like hanging a bunch of marketing on your hardware that just appeals to a really really limited base and if you want to appeal to more people then you have to speak the language of other people which some of those people are security. Some of those people are in uh, environment. Some of those people are your camera and your production. But I, I, I totally get the the sentiment around that statement. You know, if I think about Google as a company, I would worry about buying a core product like that from them because of things that are in the news right now. I mean, within within the next couple of months. Uh, a lot of major ad blockers aren't going to work within the Chrome browser anymore. And so if, if you care about uh, uh, how people can um, uh, track and monetize your activity within a browser, then you should not be using Chrome. You know, it, it should be worrisome. Um, uh, the, the fact that, that they are, what is it? Something like they own like 70% of like ad serving companies. And we live in yeah. this world where we're just inundated with ads from people. So if you're upset at that, don't buy more Google products that that like <laughs> take your information and, and package it as something to sell more ads to. So I think there's actually uh, a larger seeming like company ethos that's problematic that would lead me to not buying it. Maybe their AI is great. It's not something I personally care about, but I would just say from a company-wide perspective, Apple has a stronger pitch to me right now. Let me read this. Let me read this to you. This is his actual post, and I think this articulates it a little bit better. This is what prompted these thoughts for me. What would happen if Google realized it should be selling the smart and not the phone? Positioning the hardware as simply an exoskeleton powering its amazingly helpful assistant that nobody can touch. Um, AI is way more interesting than phones right now. If it were me, I'd go so far as renaming the whole hardware division around assistant. Why play the hardware game iPhone and Samsung are winning when what's inside is the real game changer? Claim the inside and reposition the outside as a simple shell. I I think that's a really smart proposition maybe and for some people it is for me that does not resonate with me personally but i think that even if you get the messaging around the phone to be stronger i think as a company 
the company that used to be Do No Evil is not perceived that way anymore. And so oh, why would I put more of their products it's, into my home? There is a storytelling issue, right? What is the narrative of Google? Yeah. And I'm not, that's that's a different argument. That's a whole sure. other conversation. But uh, in terms of if you're trying to win the battle of something, you should be pointing out the things that make you unique, not just competing apples to apples in something that literally is going to change in two months from now anyway, right? Um, and I think this was a point that at least at least jogged me into this uh, to this place of having to consider things like this. Like, what is the story? What makes my story unique? What makes this show unique? Why do we want people to listen to this over the other thing that also talks about Mario and movies and whatever, right? Like, what makes us unique? And the story, um, what makes us unique. And I think that's kind of the idea behind all of this, less about Google specifically and them as a company and more about what's the, what's the narrative um, that we're, that we're putting out there. And, and is that narrative, the thing that makes us, are we selling the thing that makes us unique or are we, are we selling the wrong things? Could we be making a better statement by selling something different? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, maybe there's some path in the middle where, like, they split the ads and start talking about this. Because this is stuff where, like, I have an iPhone. I've had it for a long time. I don't really plan on changing anytime soon. But, like, I didn't know this was stuff that's going on with the Google phone. So, like, it is worth mentioning at the very least. You know, like, you got to tell me that it's an option before I can think about it, you know, to know what is better. Because, like, the the camera on an iPhone is really great, you know. And so, like, it, considering all my other hardware is already like linked in with that. What is the other cell, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, and that therein lies the question, right? Like that's what makes Yeah. So I don't think it's a point to say that they should, uh, you know, call this out a little more. Yeah. I'm telling you not to buy a Google phone, but I'm also telling you everyone sucks. Well, don't buy anything. Yeah. Be a hermit, live in the woods. Yeah. Take your Bob Hoskins poster with you. And take that from the guy who is broadcasting globally right now. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. It's okay. Um, that's my category. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Lauren, and then we're going to end on a fun discussion. Um, I'm going to talk about this artist called Liza Shumska, not Shum Shum or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but you can find her on Instagram under at Kino underscore maniac. But if you are listening live right now, I'm going to drop a link in the chat in just a second. Um, so this is like, kind of, I'm going to show you guys first, like the, the post that I like discovered this artist through and it fits great with the like spooky season, especially because midnight club dropped this week. So um, she did this really cool set of posters that look like um, vintage horror novels that were inspired by midnight mass. So she did one poster for each, uh, episode of the show and they kind of like uh eat they definitely have like really cool clues of like what goes on in the episode but they're very sneaky like I love how much like I I don't have like a better word for this but like my my ver- my vocabulary word for it is like visual puns where like you use the shape of one thing to like look like another shape and like blend them together to kind of create like a new reference with the two things like one of the, my favorite ones is the one it's like the seventh one and it has like the the mean um nun lady Beverly and it's like her braided hair and the back of her white, uh, you know, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like priest outfit basically. But the braid like turns into the head of a snake and things like that. And I think it's really cool. Cause like this whole series, like just really matches the vibe of 
Midnight Mass and kind of those stories with the like kind of horror novel kind of thing. Because I think like originally Mike Flanagan proposed to write it as a book. So that's where like the uh, the like kernel of the idea came from. But um, I just think these are all like so clever and fun. And like I kind of want to buy like the whole set, to be honest, because I think like the way that they're done is really brilliant. But uh, I've been following her since last year when she did this series. And I think her artwork is great. So it's like definitely worth um, checking out like her whole page. It's so um, just killer, kinda, yeah. Yeah, like just kind of to describe the like type of artwork that she does. Like, I think this is very much like in line with anything that like our community likes. She does a lot of like alternative movie posters for HBO, Netflix, uh, Disney. So like there's Marvel, Star Wars in all of this stuff, like really big variety, I think, of properties as well, which is pretty cool. Um, but her style is like very realistic. It looks almost like painted, like kind of very classic illustration style, I would say. Um, but I think her compositions are like a lot more modern and like does kind of like those, like I said, like visual puns, which I think like Ollie Moss is really good at, um, you know, like that kind of thing to kind of blend uh, two visuals together and a lot of her ideas. And I think it's just like great stuff. Like to like, I always uh, enjoy seeing her new artwork and stuff. I, uh, I, I love what I'm seeing with what she's doing. It's there's a, yeah. if you scroll down next to the Baymax one, she has a Dwight Schrute. Like, um, yes, that one is great. Looks like a, um, like an employee of the month or like, like Mr. Manager. That's what it looks like. Yes. Um, Yes. She nailed the expression so well. I would, uh, I would totally, I would frame that and hang that up. That's incredible. I like that Jurassic world one she has too, with like, there's like a window washer um, looking at the like um, brontosaurus and you can see the reflection of Mm -hmm. uh, pterodactyls as well. I'm just going to put yeah. a link to this in the chat while we're talking about it. I think the the green night one is also excellent. It's a little further down. So here's another link for that one, but it's like um, Gawain's face and there's like a splash of blood and where the blood overlaps, you can see the face of the green knight. And I think that one is just like freaking excellent. She also did something for the stranger things book. Um, Kate that I think you did as well. So you have weird overlap with this person, which is awesome. Um, but I think these are just like super cool, uh, really great illustration stuff. So if you're just looking for somebody new to follow, totally recommend uh, Kino Maniac. Kino Maniac. Kino also is the name of the guy from Ninja Turtles to Secret and of the Oomph. That's game. true. He was also the guy who played Raphael in the original 1990. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that's your Ninja Turtle trivia for the day. Patrick, uh, I think it's just you. All right, so I'm going to talk about some TV controversy. I do have TV uh, this week. Um, And I was going to talk about one. There were actually two main ones this week, and I was coaxed and talking about both. And because of that, we can't spend a lot of time on either one. Now, it's very possible I give a... I don't want to say bad takes. I'm going to say a hot take during this episode with either of these things. And if that happens, talk to me about it. Message me. We'll get a, we'll get on a call and chat through it. But hopefully, it all sounds fairly logical. But there are two um, with varying levels of sensitivity. So I'll just kind of eeny meeny start with one of them. So let's start mm-hmm. with let's start with the tr- the SNL controversy. Uh, and this is actually on the backs of a larger controversy, which is what's going on with the Try Guys recently. Uh, are, do either of y'all know what the Try Guys are? Mm-hmm. I'm like aware of them, but honestly, mainly through this controversy that's been going okay. on lately. Uh, which so is tri- funny. <laughs> Try Guys are uh, a group of, I guess, uh, friends, four friends that used to work for BuzzFeed, I believe. And, and they left and started their own 
I mean, this is kind of their own IP. They started their own channel, which is Try Guys Producing Content. Um, and they've grown it. And it's a very uh, friendly form of content. And a very, like, I don't want to say it's family-oriented, but it's just very kind content. When we think in terms of a, a lot of the kind of big names that are out there, uh, you have some names that are be, that are built on the backs of being controversial, uh, controversial or built on the backs of being... Um, there's all seemingly everything's inflammatory or, or whatever. And this is just very friendly, accessible content. Um, nice. and it, it tends to revolve around them trying something. Uh, well, one of the people, and it was the, it was the person in the group that was kind of seen as like the family guy. Um, the, yes, exactly. Kate is talking about it in chat, but like the, my wife guy, because he mentioned my wife all of the time, uh, mm-hmm. actually got caught with someone else in public, um, and ultimately, not was, just that it was someone that worked with them. Like, oh, for I'm gonna them. get there. Don't worry. Yeah, I've, listen, sorry. I've got this category under wraps, Lauren. We're gonna okay. Get okay, there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but got caught. With, Can't leave out the juicy details. I know. Got caught with someone <laughs> uh, in what uh, you know a, apparently is an affair, which is already big. But on top of that, the person who's caught with was a host of the Food Babies. Uh, which is not something I've watched or, or seen before, but it's this other show. And the people that do that show are employees of Try Guys, which is probably a very, very important piece of this. So she was uh, employed by Try Guys LLC, and I think technically she was like an associate producer or something like that for the company. Okay, so it's important to remember there are layers to this. Um, so... <laughs> I love that Kate Carlton is like Kate. I just want you to know that it's, I love this. It's like listening to McKinsey, like f- filling in all the little details. Yes, at a Harry Styles concert. Thank you for the details. Um, okay. Oh my gosh! Yes. Um, so anyway. <laughs> I knew Harry Styles was involved somehow, but I didn't know that, and that's so funny. So, so all, all of this to say, they promptly um, removed the person from the organization. Uh, they they terminated him. They. He, I think he was like a multi-member LLC. He got pulled out of the LLC. I don't know why we know this, but we know this because of what I'm about to get to. Uh, but he got pulled from the organization. Uh, there is issue with the fact that the person that he's having an affair with is technically, like, or, or not technically, literally, an employee of the organization. And so there's that piece of it as well, that this is a boss figure having uh, uh, an affair with an employee, which is, of course, uh, has... It has implications beyond moral implications. Like it has a uh, very legitimate business implications in terms of like fair treatment, favoritism, pressure, um, you know, power dynamics, all this type of stuff. Uh, and so the person was removed, and then we got uh, initially we got a series of weirdly edited videos where like seemingly this person was there but was being cut out of the episodes. Like there were some odd cuts where it was kind of obvious a oh, person yeah, yeah, should have been there and wasn't too. there. And then they released that he had actually been digitally removed and they talked about the situation and, and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, so so fast forward to SNL and this week's controversy. So all this already went on. Well, let me color the controversy a little bit more. Since this has happened, the Try Guys have released um, at least two videos about it. One is a 10-minute, mm-hmm. like, like, so let's talk video. And then the other is like an hour and 20 minute podcast episode of going into it. And when they talk, like when they're sitting there addressing people in these videos, and I under, I understand the logistics of like handling business and I get that. 
but the videos are like very serious. Like if you watch their demeanor, their body language, like all this stuff, it looks like something like horrific has happened. Not to say that this isn't horrific, because this is where like we it, it gets like really messy. But you would imagine that like he had massacred a group of people, like based on like like some of the way this is presented. And there's this other piece of it, which is a lot of this could get handled behind closed doors. And I don't say that in the in the way to insinuate sweeping things under the rug. I mean it in the way of saying like when you have an organization that reaches tens of millions of people, they don't necessarily need to like they don't need to be privy to all the details of it. Yeah, HR, your HR on, needs on yeah, yeah, need yeah, to yeah. be broadcast. Right, right, right. Unless maybe, and this is where it gets weird, like it's one thing to clue people in on what's happening, why suddenly they lost 25% of the cast. It's another thing to potentially, maybe, nobody can say for sure, leverage this for the attention it's inevitably inevitably going to get. You know, it, there's a line in the nine-minute apology of like, you know, w- w- about financial losses due to this. And I don't want to be mm-hmm. pedantic about this, but when you're releasing videos you didn't plan to release that get millions upon millions of views, there is, th- like... There's some level of revenue that's going to be a knock-on effect from this. So I, it's maybe I'm not saying it's it's a but lie. Then you you but communicate that you communicate that to your investors. You don't communicate that necessarily publicly. You handle the HR side internally, and then you talk with your investors publicly about the things that have been handled after they've been handled, not in real time, well, it, because it, that's and technically it's after it is but a little it can, awkward, it can yeah. feel slightly disingenuous depending on how you choose to look at it and the reality with any situation is since we don't live in the mind of other people we can never actually know intent we can only guess at intent based on action and that's all that any of this is is a guess ultimately so that sets up SNL and what SNL did is they did a skit that looked like the try guys 9 minute apology video and they go into it. It's it's this skit where, uh, funny, you're talking about Donald Gleason. It's with his father, Brendan Gleason, and he's playing a scene <laughs> anchor. And uh, he cuts from a story to instead tune into the Try Guys thing. And he's like very serious about it. And uh, Ego Nuotum plays a kind of like um, uh, another course, not a correspondent, but just like a, a um, newscaster who is just kind of like, why are we talking about this? Like, why, why is this? Like, it's a consensual relationship. Why, why is this being treated this way? And so there's this, like, back and forth. Now, people are very mad because, in their opinion, SNL is brushing it under the rug, saying that sexual misconduct doesn't matter and that uh, it's the victim's fault and uh, all of this other stuff. Again. Wow. Again, no one can ever know intent with any of this. The only thing that I'll... I hate to even bring my opinion to this situation because... There's a lot of very inflamed people in this situation. The only thing I will say is if I choose to see the perspective, when you talk about people in Me Too movement in terms of... Um, <laughs> Andrew, you actually mentioned several people earlier when you were talking. You're, you're yeah. talking about people that had buttons installed under desks so if someone walked into their office, they could lock the door behind them. Or you're talking about someone that would like 
perf- like performs on sexual- a scale of one to Harvey Weinstein. This is not that bad. Well, I'm just like- saying. Well, well, we don't we don't know from an intent standpoint or a felt emotion how bad it is in terms of an outward action standpoint, which is the only thing that that we can technically look at. It could just be a consensual relationship. The other thing is, it's not a boss to an intern, but it's a boss to another person like that adult, ran yeah. a show. Right. So, like, how out of whack would a power dynamic be compared to some of the other examples we've given? Again, right. all of it could be horribly inappropriate. It could be abusive. It could be those things. It also might not be those things. And so the people that are jumping one way or the other are jumping based off an assumed intent that we can't know. The reality is the videos do come across as um, <laughs> a bit uh, aggressive, sounds like the wrong word, but uh, the videos seem a step beyond just information at times. The SNL one or the the actual original The, the, the actual ones, because even when I watched them, I remember thinking like, this this seems a little bit over the top, but, but I understand there's business implications to it, all that kind of stuff. The SNL stuff, um, they do the thing where, like, they say both sides of it, but clearly, like, they're choosing a side in the way the commentary is colored. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I get the critique on both sides. That's the controversy. That Like, that's the yeah. controversy, and that's as many ways as I can tell the other sides of the controversy. Regardless, it was an important thing because it's a business there are greater implications and certainly it could have been an abuse of power dynamic completely. And it's an odd thing to imagine something like this happening. That's very personal and being blasted by a national show or, or a show that's seen worldwide. But at the same time, by posting an hour and 20 minute podcast, talking through it after posting a 10 minute video, explaining it, you're also opening yourself up to the critique of tens of millions of people. You decided to do that before SNL started so maybe it's just both sides are pushing it. And I'm not sure SNL is doing anything. I did see part of the SNL thing. I didn't I didn't know about this before, so this I didn't have the same context, right? I'll go back and watch the SNL one with a further degree of context now. Um, but I don't know that SNL did anything different than what they always do. Like like to to paint them as a bad guy, I think it's just like you said, the thing like there's people are going into this and they're reading their own, reading their own. Um, I can't forget how you just said it a second ago, but they are also probably going into it with an already natural bias toward one thing or sure. the other when it comes to this. And so it's, it's hard to feels like people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater with all this stuff. And there's, it's so much more nuanced than that, that it's, I don't know. It's just, I don't think SNL has brought any more attention to this than the try guys had already brought to this. <laughs> and, and like, that's maybe yeah, the simplest way of saying true. it. And you're right. I, I don't think that either group of people has had their mind changed by either form of media. It's no. ultimately people that are, have a fixed opinion arguing that someone else has a fixed opinion. They're predisposed to a, a feeling about this topic. Yes. And that, and they're going to read into it, whatever their normal thing of reading into it is. Yeah. So I what I would say to all those people go read uh Hollywood ending. Yeah. Uh, it's a book that I just picked up. So I wouldn't say <laughs> any of this is a learning experience for anybody, but I would say, oh, uh, watch this another yeah. experience. For I will say SNL, I think it's been better this season so far than last season. <laughs> and they haven't done cold opens in Mar-a-Lago yet. So thankfully, uh, that's trending <laughs> well, in the they, right direction. They did do 
they played off of their own. Did you see that? Yes, with their, that was the, the how they opened the season. Yeah, Peyton Manning and like, oh my gosh, that was good. I I haven't been watching SNL, but I have seen some of their. Yeah, some I haven't. Of their I've seen some skit. clips. Yeah, I've seen the one that making fun of the like movie theater uh, intro thing with like fake Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. But oh, that just in general, funny. I think that their new cast is solid. Yeah, the, of the, the people that I've seen, their their new cast seems. I'm going to be honest. Amazing. I think they still need to get rid of Keenan personally. But otherwise, uh, very happy. Uh, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into it. Later. I, I'll, I'll bring. I'll, I'll I'll bring reasons why later. We won't get into this now. But anyway, that's the that's the first that's the controversy with SNL. Try guys, go watch the videos. Make up. Your yeah, mind. I haven't seen the SNL video, so it's a little harder to comment. Yeah, but. Uh, what a mess. Here's the second one. Second one is Great British Baking Show or Bake Off, depending on what part of the world you live in. And that's the, <laughs> this week they had Mexican Week. And this is the first time that they've done Mexican Week on the show. The show opens yes. with their two hosts wearing uh, sombreros. And um, I'm sorry, I'm blinking on what do you call the, the covering they're wearing, Lauren? Like a poncho? Yeah, it's like a poncho. Uh, and they uh, uh, tell a, um, you know, they do their normal bit intros. Their intros are always super lame. I would say this is yeah. no, always so bad. This is no exception. It's just gotten worse and worse. Yeah, it, it has. It's honestly, I don't know why they still do them to be. Uh, the Star Wars one that they started it with was the most fun that they've had in a really long time with any of these. But it was also like a higher production level for no reason at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but their their opening episode bits always suck. This is no They're exception. They're dumb, yeah. But they end up doing Mexican Week. And um, the problem with this, other than opening with a very lame joke, is that ultimately there's That's not a lot of seeming... Um, well, there was a lot of problems with this whole episode. No, no, there, there's... Going. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. no, there's a lot of problems. Um, the main ones is that there's not... There wasn't seemingly any reference... Uh, I'm sorry, reverence for <laughs> Mexican cuisine, uh, given uh, typically when we when they present and set up cuisines from other parts of the world they will kind of talk about how important this is to this group yes. of people and why they do this and and what like these things are used to celebrate in this case a lot of the the dialogue in the show was kind of like kind of cheap pun to cheap pun to cheap pun and then again, this is a baking show. We actually don't really see them work savory a lot. Like every now and then we'll have. I know, yeah, and I like savory challenges, so I didn't like, I didn't hate the idea of this episode. Right, but you typically know? we don't see a lot of savory worked in. Like we'll see it periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the technical for this episode was just tacos, or as they would say, like tacos. Tacos. Um, tacos. But it was just, it was tacos. Now, there's some funny things that come out of it, like someone needing to get everyone pronouncing pico de gallo was yes. Incredible. There's Incredible some funny stuff. parts like someone needed <laughs> avocado and they shaved it like a potato, which is like hilarious. That literally made me like have a like reaction in my whole body seeing someone peeling the potato or like the avocado yeah not just like a potato also towards their own wrist it made me so upset like but, it's so dangerous but like, then the <laughs> idea of like the, the problem is the things that they chose to focus on were uh tres de leches um tacos and i didn't get to the show shoppers so i didn't see what they did yet. and i'm blanking on the name of the the other like a um like a concho or uh, something like that i'm blanking on the uh, conchas yeah yeah but the thing is it's kind of like if you ask someone that didn't know much about mexican cuisine they would name those three things and so there's this other idea here that uh andrew you and i have gone to like (laughs) like uh bakeries 
And yeah. mm-hmm. there's a like a lot of variety in what you can get, and they didn't pull from any type of variety. They they seemingly someone that yeah, because like had eaten Kreider's, Mexican food twice just said we'll just do these three things. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Like, even Kreider's pointing out like what we're talking about is pan dulce, like when they have everything there, but like conchas are the ones specifically that everybody made on the show where it's got like the like a sugar crust on the top that's really colorful. Yeah. Yeah, the idea is that it cracks and it, it I, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a sugar crust. I think it's like a, I think it's a flour. Well, yeah, has, I, I honestly don't know what it's made up, but it's tasty. Yeah. It <laughs> it's going to be sweeter than it actually is. I want it to be more than it is. I had one because it wasn't. Yeah, my, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're a lot, they're very dry as well. Red. But, um, okay. <laughs> all right. That's fine. And you, so, but, and they but even do like, tacos. they have done churros before and so, like just to be like, they have done some Mexican like items in some other episodes, but like, empanadas would have been a great choice like bottom yeah. shelf. they like could they have just, done bolilos they, just, they could have done uh sweet empan- uh, i mean sweet or savory but empanadas they, there's other uh, things that's why that i thought could empanadas happened. could have been a good one but and uh, i thought tacos was good because like making the tortillas a challenge and then you can get so creative with the fillings but yeah yeah but the problem with tacos is that it's or basic. tacos is that so much it, it wasn't it would have been one thing if you were like Make six identical corn tortillas and six right. identical flour tortillas. And, like it would be that, one thing yeah, if okay. it was, or like, you know, you could have done something like that, but instead more of the emphasis was put on the filling and it was really terrible Tex Mex filling. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, it was it was if my mom decided to make a taco and she went to the grocery store and bought some and made a taco. That's the type it of tacos. Actually, there was definitely worse, some white though, people tacos. Let's not convince like, <laughs> worse because at least, <laughs> at least we're we're in the same continent. <laughs> we're in the same the general vicinity. They aren't, <laughs> and so like they have no frame of reference for this potentially. Yeah, um, I know it was it was yeah. rough stuff. L- listening to everyone say pico de gallo in their various British accents so was a treasure. <laughs> so it was just so I I don't have any issue with them doing well certainly not with them doing Mexican week. The the thing no, you, that, that's like your favorite food group. <laughs> it is my it is my favorite food group. <laughs> um, but the issue was just seeming seeming lack of like reverence sounds too strong but it almost felt like they weren't taking it seriously the whole time. And I think that's probably the essence of what rubbed people the wrong way is that it did not seem like they were, they were giving the same care to the idea of um, uh, baking and Mexican food as they would give if they said, we're going to celebrate Germany this month or we're going to celebrate this. It just seemed like they did not give the same care and it was a lot of just cheaper jokes. This is going to be maybe like, I don't want to defend them because I do think that they should have been a little better about this, but I wonder if maybe some of that, like the most times that I remember them having those moments was when Sandy is a host and she's totally like a history buff. So I wonder if she was pushing that more. Just maybe as, just as a theory behind the scenes, well, but like, cause it's clearly something she's actively interested in and would have like encouraged to be part of the show. Potentially. I think, I think maybe what we're seeing here and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but don't, um, is <laughs> that, uh, we don't often deal with people groups. We deal with cuisines that are, that are, that are from well, it's like bread. This, week. This it's not usually like that. And this ethnicity. looks like, Right. So this is an this is an ethnicity as well as a cuisine type. And they seems like from the outside, I pulled I pulled up images. Um, that's why I'm mm-hmm. gesturing at something. Um <laughs> they're the fact that they're wearing um like 
tradition, like tr- some traditional garbs and things that they have no idea what they're actually doing. That's what makes this appropriation, right? Like that's what bridges beyond an homage or a parody or whatever to appropriation. And I'm interested, and maybe we're heightened to this, Patrick, but maybe not because the world kind of seems to be kind of seeing this too. It's not just us, but like, we're close to Mexico. We have Mexican, actual Mexican we friends. We have great Mexican, Mexican food here as we well. Yeah, great Mexican like, food, like from. Yeah. all of these things. So I, I think we see it through a slightly different lens. But um, yeah, it it makes me it makes me feel like there's at least a lack of awareness. Yeah. If, if nothing else, not malicious, but it's a yeah, lack of awareness because it's like, come on, guys, really? Like this is you have reduced you've reduced an entire people group and cuisine to the most basic of stereotype. And that's the problem. That's, I think therein lies the problem. And it's, it's, it's a lack of, a lack of awareness. Not that they were. Because I don't think anything on Great British Bake Off is malicious in any way. It's just like not the intention, but I, I, do think they kind of they've made some mistakes before, you know. And I want to be clear because McKin- it's not a great treatment. <laughs> not McKinsey. Andrew said, "I just called you McKinsey." Andrew said uh, he made McKinsey's a comment about we have Mexican friends, and that sounds uh, that itself sounds problematic. We do live. I will say uh, we do, because it sounds I have Mexican like Mexican friends because it sounds like oh, I've got a black friend. That's what it sounds. It sounds yeah, like yeah, that yeah, line yeah. Of that's line. I, I knew it. It's okay. No, it's okay. But, I know you didn't mean. But what? But no, I don't even think it sounds like that. I think that's on you. Okay, that's fine. Where we live in the country, we actually, uh, San Antonio, I believe, is the highest population of Hispanic people in the country. It's something like 64% Hispanic. So the fact is, like, we do interact with more people, with more food, with more culture on yes. that side. And I think that's the reason for me watching it. It's It was just like watching a caricature the whole time. Let me let me do this just as a, just to... Uh, point out what my what i was saying and saying that i know yeah no but i just want the world to know what i was saying and saying that i was that was directly in line and in context to the conversation of what uh of awareness i have a much higher awareness of this because i some of my friends are mexican they they came here from mexico and are now uh went through the uh went through the process of getting their green card and all those things i have a deeper understanding of that it doesn't make me better or worse, but I have a higher degree of awareness because of having people in my life sure. who are Mexican. That is in, not even intrinsically wrong to say. So I know it's true. not. I okay, know yeah. it's not. And everybody listening knows it's not. Yeah. In your face, but I Kreider. still took the opportunity. It was just Kreider saying it. So yeah, it um, is primarily. I'll talk Kreider to him separately. Parties. And that's okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but that's that's the that's the the probably big two controversy. And then we talked about Mario as well. I feel like we hit all the controversies this week. So um yeah, maybe There's where more I'm not you know, aware. One of them exactly where you think you would find it. Uh another one uh where you probably wouldn't think you would find it. The the very, very kind uh GBBO. It'll be interesting to see if anything um comes out of either of these controversies. Probably not. Um, so, anyway. Can I just say this for the purposes of people who are listening and not in the chat? Kreider just pi- piped up and said he had a whole... A whole <laughs> before I circled back to it. <laughs> oh, that's why I love... That's what This is what I love about doing this on Twitch. Like, real-time response from people. 
is so much more fun than like saying something and then wondering a week later if they've listened. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is way more fun. We just hold them captive now. That's it. Andrew, yeah. take us out of this episode, please. Okay. We have covered a lot and I'm not even a hundred percent sure what it all was. This episode started three weeks ago. But uh, you can <laughs> find great. show notes and links to everything that we chatted about over at mof1.network. Uh, while you're there, you can find a whole slew of other episodes with guests and other people and different things um, from over the years. Patrick, is this? are we into our eighth year now? Who eight knows? Years. I would say yes. Yeah, I because I've yes. been in Texas for seven years. So, yeah, this show has been going for a long time. We should really do the math on that someday because we're probably we're probably getting close to a decade. Um, but, uh, you can find all those things in the archive there while you're there. You can also join the conversation on Slack, uh, talk to us throughout the, throughout the week, day and night. It's a, it's a fun place. We have all sorts of conversations, different threads for different things. So if there's something that we talked about on the show, I'm sure there's a thread happening about it over in Slack, head over there, um, and join the conversation in there. You can follow us on social media at M of one podcast, all the different places, but you can also find us on Twitch, go to twitch.tv slash M of one podcast. Each and every week we go live with at least one episode, uh, where we talk about things like this and then other really rad things like our bits and boards, um, from this past week was incredible. It was super cool. We talked to the, the folks from horrible adorables. If you missed that, you can head on over to Twitch to watch the replay of that. I think, right. Yep. And, and I'll also YouTube be dropping tomorrow, on I think. YouTube this week. YouTube this week mm-hmm. as well. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go to YouTube and watch it on there. Um, so that's youtube.com slash of one podcast. Uh, but while you're at Twitch, follow so you always know what's happening and then subscribe. It doesn't cost you any money. You can use your your Prime um, deal and uh, each month you can throw that to us. It's super helpful. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does throw a couple bucks in our pocket, which helps us continue to do stuff like this. Um, and we have ideas. We have things that we want to do. We actually have some really exciting shows coming up in the fall, uh, and we we had a conversation, what, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, as a network, and planned out the schedule, and there's some good stuff. Like, I'm, if I weren't yeah, a Lord, part of this, of, I'd be yeah. listening. Yeah, <laughs> so, lots of good stuff coming. Lots of good stuff coming out. So, uh, the best way to make sure you're on all of that stuff is to just follow and subscribe. Um, you can do that on uh, the podcast as well, and then you can also leave ratings and reviews on the podcast that helps us uh if you review the show we will read whatever you write however you ask us to read it um and we have fun with those things so give us more reviews that's we just want to hear from you we know that the number of listeners we have is far greater than the number of total reviews we have so <laughs> someone's not pulling their weight <laughs> that's all, <laughs> all i know um it doesn't cost you anything it takes very little time but it is super helpful to us and it's fun to 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 read those things and uh share those with everybody so speaking of sharing tell people about the show let us let them know that you're listening and that you're part of it um and uh, that you like it because if you do that that helps us too so i think that's enough uh bartering with you guys for now uh let's head out of this episode you can find me at andrew sale with threes instead of ease you can find me at not cool co everywhere and you can we're find gonna, me at roll the dice yeah we're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna roll that back a bit because we do need to roll our dice for next week that's how yes. uh this show works and so thanks to patrick for uh keeping us Onus. And let me say this real quick. Um, you know what? Let's just let's add this to the show from now on. People that uh, sub and follow in the last week, let's just let's say them out loud so people know who it is. Jetpacks and roller skates sure. uh, with the five month sub. Dillinger Nick with the follow. Crider Designs with a nine month sub. And then our very own Andrew Sale giving us the eighth 
month sub inevitably i've been here from the beginning inevitably i will gift another one uh to andrew very soon um and then of course, Lauren. Uh, That's Brad Man, yeah it's me uh, bread man thank you for the follow although i did pay for that um so anybody else if you follow or sub we will say them on the episode as well and that said i rolled the spookiest of number and that's a 13 oh that means it's got to be halloween themed whatever it is you got art okay oh halloween art probably should save that one for the inktober thing but maybe just find a different maybe we'll figure it out (laughs) uh i rolled a natural 20 so it doesn't even matter what the foresight oh i love it in your face suckers uh you're a bunch of suckers (laughs) All right. <laughs> well, uh, I got a 14, which is going to be design. So that's just fine. In a four. Right. You got so art, design, design, and wild card. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to head out of this episode. I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. I'm at Not Cool Co. everywhere. And I'm at Rolled the Dice. <laughs> I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God.